Thank you, Jessica. Morning, everyone. It's great to be here. Um, and uh, it's a privilege to share the Word of God with you today, this morning. Um, last couple of years have been, uh, I think, really tough for a lot of us. I've been thinking a lot about uh, healing and uh, the work of the Lord in, in, in healing and, and the biblical teaching of healing. And um, today, the word today is uh, coming out of that reflection. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Speak to us. Sanctify us in the truth. Thy word is truth. Bless your people with your word. Remind us again that not of bread alone man shall live, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. And we ask these things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. I think we're fortunate to live in a country where we have, uh, the government has made quality healthcare available to all of us. You know, our healthcare system is not perfect. I know we have our problems. It has its problems. But the government provides Canadians with uh, healthcare that, that is good and accessible. And I think we should be thankful for that. I think that is a blessing. But healthcare is not free. We pay for it. We pay with our taxes, and it's not cheap either. If you, uh, one night in a Canadian hospital could cost you like thousands of dollars if you're not covered by some, some sort of insurance, a provincial insurance or something else. And down in the US, well, healthcare is a big business. We know that. Uh, it's extremely expensive. So the point I'm trying to make is that we all know that health has, a, health has a cost. It's not free, someone has to pay for it. And the cost of our healing is high. When we're sick, we're willing to pay. We're willing to go anywhere. We're willing to sell something. We're willing to pawn something because we want to get better. We're willing to pay for our health. We're willing to pay for our healing. But what is the cost of our healing? Who pays for it? And what is the nature of true healing? I think the story we just read invites us to think about these things. You know, Naaman was a very successful man. He was rich. He was powerful. He was successful in his career. He was a five-star general in the, in the Syrian army. He had everything a man could desire except his health. He was a leper. And leprosy was an incurable disease in those days. We don't know how severe his disease was. Apparently, he was still able to do his job as a military commander, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't afflicted. That doesn't mean that he was, that he was not in pain. We all know people who are strong 
and still carry through and do their jobs. He was a military commander. He was a brave man. He was a strong man. It reminds me of um, American actor uh, Chadwick Boseman. He filmed the Black Panther movie while struggling with, with colon cancer. So Naaman was a general. He was a strong man. He was a brave man. So we should not be surprised that he was able to carry on and still fulfill his duties even though he was severely ill. But one day, hope came from an unexpected place. There was this Israelite slave girl serving in his house. And she told Naaman's wife about Elisha, the prophet of God in Samaria. She said, if the master could just go there and see the prophet, I know something good will happen. And when Naaman found about that, about this possible cure in Israel, he went right away and talked to his boss. I need a leave of absence. I need to do, I need to make this trip. I need to go to Israel to find about this possible cure in Israel. And the king of, of Syria, I mean, Naaman was a good employee. He was, he was a good guy. Immediately gave him a reference letter. He says, I'm going to give you the reference letter and it's going to, you go to the king of Israel and you're going to get well. We're going to get you fixed. So he got the letter addressed to the king of Israel. Naaman prepared his full entourage for the trip. And it was a long caravan of chariots and, and servants and, and, and bodyguards. It was a long trek, 300 kilometers from Damascus to Samaria. They came carrying 750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds of gold, 10 sets of clothing. And it wasn't like cheap stuff. Clothing was really expensive those days. So it wasn't like he, he didn't go like to the outlet mall and got stuff from the Gap or H&M. He was bringing like the good stuff, like Louis Vuitton, <laughs> Dolce Gabbana, that kind of stuff, Hugo Boss. Why? Because Naaman knew that healing can be expensive. Healing can be expensive, and he was willing to pay. You know, he reminds me of the politicians back in my home country in Panama. You know, when the wealthy and the powerful in Panama get sick, they don't go to the state-sponsored hospitals. They withdraw hundreds of thousands of dollars from the bank accounts. They hop in the private planes and they go to Houston to get treated there. We're willing to pay. Healing can be expensive. And the reality is that we all are willing to pay for our health. So Naaman took the trip 
He arrived in Israel, and he encountered a few surprises that I think frustrated him. Frustrated his expectations. To begin with, he gets to the king of Israel, and the king of Israel doesn't know what he's talking about. And, and the letter from the king of Syria said, With this letter, I am sending you my servant Naaman so that you may cure him from his leprosy. And the king of Israel is like, What? What are you talking about? He tore his robes and he's like, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured from his leprosy, of his leprosy? You see how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? So I, I imagine Naaman ended up frustrated and he came out very confused from this first meeting. But then Elisha, the prophet of God, heard what happened. And he sent out for Naaman. Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel, Elisha said. So Naaman went to the house of the prophet with his horses and his chariots and his uh, servants and his bodyguards and loads of gold and silver and fine clothes. Long caravan stopped at the door of Elisha's house and he's expecting something really cool and really big to happen but Elisha told his servant have the man tell the man go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed Naaman now is mad. He is frustrated. He is mad. This is not, this is not what he was expecting. First, firstly, the king of Israel was rude to him and, and treated him like he was a political problem. Now, the prophet Elisha does not even come out to acknowledge him and to pray for him. And listen to his words here in verse 11 and 12. I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abanam for far, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. I mean, he was mad. He was in rage. And why is he so mad? Why is he so mad? You know, I think it's, he's mad because he's proud. He feels that he has not been treated with the respect with the deference, with the honor that he deserves. Naaman is mad because things didn't go exactly the way he expected. 
He's used to have things go the way he expects. He's mad because his rank, his power, and his money have not been able to get him what he wants. Naaman thought that with his rank, with his power, with his money, he was going to come to Israel and, and, and get the VIP treatment and be able to buy his health. And that didn't happen. Now Naaman is finding out that his money, his success, his power cannot buy him healing in the land of Israel. Because the God of Israel does not operate according to the values of this world. I think the king of Israel was right. Only God can give healing and life. And God is not impressed with our success. He's not impressed with our titles or our money. All the success we may have in this world means nothing, nothing. When we are sick and broken before the living God. Healing is a blessing from God and we simply cannot buy it with our own resources. So Naaman is going back. He's mad, and when he was on his way back, his servants were able to kind of talk some sense into him. They said, verse 13, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great things, would you not have done it? How much more than he, if he tells you, wash and be cleansed? You know, in other words, Naaman's, Naaman's servants are saying, Boss, you came here willing to pay large amounts of money and follow any treatment that the prophet would give you in order to be healed. Why don't you just try this very simple thing that the prophet of God has commanded you? It, it does make sense, right? And I wonder how many times we miss out on the blessings of God because of our pride, because of our disobedience, and because of our lack of faith. So Naaman swallowed his own pride and obeyed. And after washing himself seven times in the Jordan River, he came out cleansed of his leprosy. See, Naaman was only cured when he put aside his pride, when he humbled himself, and when he obeyed the Word of God with faith. And he goes back to the house of the prophet Elisha, but his words this time reveal that Naaman has not only been cured of his leprosy, he has also experienced a transformation of his heart. He's not an angry man anymore. 
And, you, and, and we can sense it in the tone of his voice. He, he's not a proud man anymore. He calls himself the servant of Elisha several times. Naaman acknowledges the God of Israel as the only true God. Listen to his words, verse 15 to 17. Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. And your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. Folks, this is conversion. This is conversion. Naaman reminds us that true healing, complete healing, consists in something more than the relief of our physical pain. True healing, complete healing, only comes from God. And consists not only of the restoration of our bodies, but also the renewal and the transformation of our hearts. You know, the last, the last two years have been tough for me, personally. I, um, I got sick. And, and the Lord is healing me. I was in physical pain, but I also had unresolved emotional pain in my heart. And because of that, I, I was angry. I was angry, like Naaman. I didn't even know why. But in his mercy, the Lord is not only relieving my physical pain, He's also changing my heart. Because true, complete healing only comes from God. Only He can do that. And, and Naaman was, he was so grateful that he attempted to give Elisha a gift from his riches. He's like, here, take this, and take this, and take this. And Elisha, no, 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 no. I won't take any of this. He, Elisha refused to accept anything from Naaman, not because a thanksgiving offering was inappropriate. No. But because Elisha wants Naaman to understand very clearly that healing is a free gift from God. Healing is a gift given to us freely by God out of His grace, out of His mercy. We cannot earn it. We cannot buy it. We cannot buy it with offerings or money or religious work or personal sacrifices. We can only receive it through humility, faith, and obedience like Naaman did. 
Folks, God is not asking for your money. He wants your heart. God is not asking for some hours of your spare time. He wants your whole life. You know, true healing, the healing of our bodies, of our minds, of our heart is a gift from God that we just cannot buy. But as I said at the beginning, it does have a cost. Someone has to pay for it. And it's not cheap. Naaman didn't know it, but complete healing, which is, which is the restoration of our bodies, is the transformation of our hearts, the deliverance of our lives from the power of death, that has a cost. And it is, that has a cost that we cannot pay because it's just too high. It has a cost that we cannot pay because God already paid for it. God himself paid the cost of our healing with the life of his son. God sent his only son. So that through him, through his life, ministry, death, and resurrection, we may have the fullness of life in God. In the person of Jesus, the Son of God, God himself came and suffered. He took upon himself our physical pain, our spiritual sickness, in order, to, in order to offer us true, complete healing in the person of his son, Jesus. God himself paid the cost of our healing. He paid the necessary cost to restore our bodies to transform our hearts and to deliver our lives from the power of death on the last day. We cannot buy it. We cannot buy true and complete healing because the cost of that is the life of the Son of God. And we as servants of God cannot charge for our ministry of healing. Because the, the cost of every healing has already been paid by God with the life of his son. And I think that's why the servant Elisha, <laughs> he had a bad day that day. Gehazi, he faced the judgment of God for going after Naaman and asking him for money. And, and, and this should be a warning to all of us. Woe to those who call themselves servants of God and make profit by charging sick people for prayer and the ministry of healing. Because true healing, complete healing, the restoration of our bodies, the transformation of our hearts, and the deliverance of our lives from the power of death on the last day. The cost of our healing 
has been paid by God himself. Through the life, the death, and the resurrection of his son Jesus. Surely, he took up our pain and bore our sufferings. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, by his wounds, we are healed. God bless you all.